Classics, man. Uh, Nirvana cool. Unplugged, MTV New York. Okay. I was saying Monster Squad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that part? Uh, keep in mind, I just saw it last week, you know, with the kids again, so it's uh-huh. fresh in my mind. But where it was Fat Kid. Um, you know, they're making, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They make him eat the candy bar. <laughs> it, Ray? And, the uh, Snickers or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. And it's, the kid, it a day? it's Arnold from fucking uh, Boy, um, Wonder Years. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, Arnold. The older brother. And, uh, was it Wayne? Yeah, Wayne. I'm sorry. Wayne, yeah, yeah, Wayne. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, and he's like being a bully to fat kid and uh, or Horace. Horace. The name's Horace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, whatever, uh, Rudy shows up. Rudy's a cool bad kid. You know, he's like, right, right. he's on his back. He looks like a you know has a leather jacket type of shit. You know, he's like, oh, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, exactly. And he's like nobody fucks with him at school. And so he tells the two bullies like, "What's what you doing with my friend Horace here? You're like nothing." Like, mm. Uh, you know, oh, nothing, Rudy. We we're just playing around, you know, Wayne. Let's say that, and then, like, you dropped your candy bar, you know, like, <laughs> just like after, like, it. yeah, they knocked it out of Horace's hand, they knocked it, they put it on the floor, and they stomped it's it, and they right. were gonna make uh, uh, Horace eat it, right? And oh, hold on, it's like I'm skipping the part where he's, uh, he's um, the you know, there's something like, go ahead, fat kid, eat it. He's like, you're an asshole, like, he whispers it under your mouth. And then Wayne's like, what'd you say, Faggy? What'd, what'd you, you say? say? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I love that part, man. Well, anyways, yeah. Rudy shows up, saves the day, and makes, you know, the bully eat it. And then uh, as he's eating it, you see uh, Fat Kid's face, Horace's Horses. face, where he has, like, this, like, subtle smile so, and yeah. just nodding, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that, man. That's classic, Yeah, man. absolutely, dude. So waiting for that remake, man. So oh, waiting for Man, it. I'm there. I'm there. What, whatever it is, I'm fucking down, man. Uh, um, what do you think about like remakes from like shit from your childhood? Like they're remaking um, uh, Roadhouse with Ronda Rousey as Dolly's character. What? Yes, you didn't hear this? No, like, I very didn't. News. Oh, so Ronda Rousey is playing Patrick Swayze's old character, Dolly. No Dolly. shit. And uh, I'm, I'm two ways about it because like you know I like Ronda, you know she's cool absolutely. Sometimes. And um, you know her movie career starting. I've, number one, I'm iffy about <laughs> sports stars getting into movies. I'm iffy about that. Just uh, the acting value, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we have Steel from from Shaquille O'Neal and Shazam. You know, <laughs> you know we have those movies to go by. Okay, you know, gotcha. I gotcha. Or even the wrestling world, like oh, shitty ass Hulk Hogan movies, like fuck. But once in a while, you get a Rock. That comes from that world. Oh, okay. Once gotcha. in a while, you get a John Cena who who does pretty well. But I just don't want to see, like, dude, you're doing so good in this world. Like, and I've seen some of reacting before where, like, an Expendables. Oh, again, Furious 7? Like, an Expendables or Furious 7 where it's just, like, mm, 
damn. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, you're playing a bitch. You're playing a badass. You're playing a bitch. Okay. But is that all you got? Like, that's, you know, I'm not impressed yet. Right, right, right. And now she's playing the lead, you know, in one of my favorite fucking awesomely bad movies oh, of all time. You know, pain no hurt, you know. <laughs> I used to fuck guys like you in prison, you know. That, that's a line in Rona. So. But so it's kind of like, oh, shit, man. I really hope you pull it off. I hope she pulls it off. Right. Like, but got my arms crossed, you know, like that. Yeah, I get you, I get you. But what do you think about, like, movies getting remade from your childhood? Man, um... One thing I haven't seen any like any whatsoever the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. It's okay. You it know? doesn't hold up to that. Yeah, I don't think it will. Like yeah. I remember the first one, the first one specifically. It's fucking badass. It man. is like you... <laughs> right as the sign comes. Up. I love that theme. <laughs> and uh, you know, like I mean, it's like guys in suits. You know, they're not like you know, uh, it's not CGI. like CGI because uh-huh. like for some reason that just always kills me. Yeah. Like when I know that something's always gonna be CGI. Yeah. Especially, like, when it's, like, kind of, like, set in, like, you know, real world. It's, like, actual film, but, you know, with just, like, CGI behind it. There's like, there's characters. There's a wormhole to that. There's an okay to that. An ace in the hole to it. Mm. And that's when it's guys in suits over CGI. Like, hence Planet of the Apes or Avatar. Okay. Where that was CGI, but it was guys in suits over CGI. It was the uh, motion picture thing, the whatever you want to call it, like, Andy Circus, where they're putting him in a whole suit and he's and acting. And they're... <clears throat> yes, a lot. As right. opposed to something that's completely computer animated, right. and you're just looking at red eyeballs, you know, to know oh, where to look at. Kills me, man. <laughs> right, that's that's stupid. If they're gonna be smart, they need to be doing what you know they did with Planet of the Apes, which was a fucking amazing movie. Absolutely. What they did with Avatar, which the highest grossing movie of all time. Instead of this shit they're doing with like Teenage Mutant Turtles, where you're staring at a tennis ball and someone's telling you, "Oh yeah, that's what you're supposed to react right, to." Right, right. Exactly that kind yeah, of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just always gets me, man. I just hope it's not that. Just because, uh, like, uh, for me personally, like, movies like um, uh, Never Ending Story, mm-hmm. The Dark Crystal, like, to me, they were al- they will always be the pinnacle of fantasy movies. I think yeah. the only person that comes close is uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Toro. Thank you. Dude, hey. I knew you were going to say that because that's, like, in my opinion. Guy is a yes. fucking genius. Yes, yes. Like, and he knows how to use... For the most part, it's not CGI. It's all makeup. Most right, right, most absolutely, it. definitely. And it's clever. And I think I was just talking to Glenn about this earlier, just mentioning him, that he has such an eye for curious things that you wouldn't even thought of. Right, right. You know, the monsters in his head, he makes those come to life, as opposed to like building on something that you've already seen before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you get know? you. Yeah. It, it's different. It's like I've never seen that before. Good call, like, dude. I was just thinking the same thing. I, he's the only one I can tell that modern day is doing something that uh, he's using new technology. The he's someone from the eighties using future type future. Gotcha. Type, you know what I mean? That's the Damn, best. That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. That's what he is. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Guadalajara, by the way, where where our dads are from. That's oh right, right, right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, and he has a new movie coming out, uh, Crimson Peak, mm-hmm. which looks, looks fucking, fucking terrifying. crazy, man. Yeah, along I, with Pacific Rim too, by the way. Pacific. It's in pre-production. They're doing a part. Did he direct the first one? Hmm? I don't think I saw that. That's the one with the the robot, the yep. huge robots. In yeah, the it was a uh, it was supposed to play. It was a play on. Uh, it was an homage uh, to the monster films from the the Japanese monster films from oh, the fifties and sixties. Godzilla-ish mm-hmm. types. Yep, mm-hmm. it was Mothra and uh, Mothra, people. Godzilla. There's a few other ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like uh, like what he does mm-hmm. is just you know it's just like it leaves me in awe. I remember just, watching one of his earliest. Uh, it was called Kronos, very early, early film. Um, From the early 90s, was it? Yep, like 93 or 4. Oh, okay. Um, and this is before, like, Blade 2 even. Like, right, right. Yeah, right. you know, this is one of the OG, like, um, early, early work from him. 
And uh, actually, Ron Perlman's in it. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's nice. like, uh, I think he's in it for like maybe 20 minutes. But I, I, what, I remember, keep in mind, I already know who he is when I see this movie. Because mm-hmm. I saw, uh, you know, you have Hulu, right? Right. They have a Criterion section where it's like the, you know what I'm talking about, like the mm-hmm. legit films that have won awards. Or right, right, right. Always on it. Whenever you're bored, go to Hulu, the Criterion section, and you're going to find some crazy-ass Japanese movies or some crazy-ass indie flicks or just something weird that you've never heard of. And you've never seen it being promoted before. And just take your time. Like, if you got two hours to spare, if you're bored, you got two hours to spare, do yourself a favor and look at a piece of art. And that's, gotcha. what, the, that's what the criterion section for me is. So I always go to those movies. And Kronos was on there, and I was like, oh, shit, this is one I get. And I looked it up, Guillermo Toro's earliest work. And uh, it's very, very, the storyline's cool as fuck. Because it has to do with, like, uh, uh, immortality. And kind of Kronos like, was the god of time. Yeah, like, but time. yes, it is. But it's not. It has nothing to do with like Greek oh, okay, mythology at all. It's more to do with like it's a mortician who uh, figures out like a, through mysticism figures out a way to stay alive. But his but huh. he, he's staying alive, but his skin is still decaying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, kind of like the picture of Dorian Gray, but only he's in the picture. Yeah, so absolutely. I don't yeah. know if that like makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, well, it doesn't, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I does yeah. to the outside world, but I know that book very well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know what you mean. No, no, it's like he, he's still alive, but but it's, he's alive as he died his corpse. So he still needs like to put makeup on so he doesn't look like a zombie type shit. You know? Huh. What I mean? gotcha. Anyway, it's a very interesting, very interesting one. But you already saw early, early like um like you would the way you would look at an early uh, Robert Rodriguez film like. You saw hints of the him doing the makeup magic, you know, hmm. and this is so you give him a hundred million dollar a budget, and he's gonna give you Pan's Labyrinth, he's oh, gonna give you nice. Hellboy too, he's gonna give you Pacific Rim, you know, he's gonna be these crazy like where his ideas that he saw in his head, he's no longer down to like a low budget, you know, hundred thousand dollar film where right. he has to work with what he's got. He's gonna go all out there, and he's giving you those fucking crazy cool ideas, man. And I love yeah. that about him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I can't think of anybody that like. In our generation, within like the past five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, yeah, that can compare to that. Just because I've always loved, like, yeah, like, you know, I mentioned uh, Labyrinth, uh, Dark Crystal, like, mm-hmm. just like Never Ending Story. So just you like want to put Jackson in that realm? You know, that, oh, like, Peter Jackson. Because yeah. um, he is fantasy technically. Yeah, he is. He is, but like, it just didn't. I, reach I wouldn't me. either. I wouldn't either. But I'm just, I'm just asking if you wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, because you're just, right. As far as the cool weird shit, because he's not really cool weird. He's just. It's cool, but it's for its its thing, the fantasy film. You right. Know? Yeah. But yeah, like you're right. Clerks three, you know. Yeah. You no, know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking walking. No, you're right. God, Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro is the only one who I can think of as like this would work in the '80s with puppets. You know what I mean? Like this is really absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I love like you know like watching those movies. You know, like as a kid. Because uh, Dark Crystal is still, like one of my favorite movies of all time. They, those things look like Samantha to me. They, they oh, the not? little what do you call them? Yeah, I don't remember. But my little sister Samantha. Kulpies, Gelpies, Kulpies, yeah, something. something like that. I just saw it yeah. a, a couple years ago. I just saw it. So yeah, kind of, I remember watching it and like, man, Samantha looks just like these things. You know, that's what I'm <laughs> Anyway, so go ahead. No, um, you know, I'm just like to me that was cool. Like, I didn't have any like um reference. Like, as far as, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, CGI, I guess? Yeah. Mind you, I think, like, the first movie that you see came out in 1985, if I'm not mistaken. What was the movie? I don't remember. I, I saw this thing. Like, it was actually a while back, you know? But anyway, you know, it wasn't, like, a thing back then, you know? It, yeah. It was just, you know, all, like, puppets and animatronics, things like that, yeah. you know? It was, all, it was all Jonathan Landis. It was Stan Winston. John it was Landis, Harry, Hoo- nice. Harry Hoohauser. And there's... 
it's a lost art, honestly, in my opinion. Definitely, because there's is. definitely. Um, it's not a nostalgia factor. It's you know I don't want to say like oh it looked cooler. It just it looks cooler just because it happens to be people who took a little like face off type shit. You know you're watching right. show face off. There is that to it. Don't get me wrong. It is that to it. But um, there's definitely like uh, you appreciate the time and effort they spend into that. Don't get me wrong. There's an art to CGI too. But no, just, there is definitely. It, it just, to me, it seems more uh, hands on. That whole that makeup, that fucking. They, this guy's sweat is in that fucking animatronic. Right. This guy's blood is in that fucking puppet. <clears throat> I mean, that's how I feel about. Uh, I, it's appreciate. I appreciate it a little bit more, you know. Definitely. N- definitely. And not just like I said, because I, I have a you know my buddy Vu and uh, you know Keith, my buddy Keith. They're in that world where they literally make CGI for movies, you know. Oh. Okay. Uh, one of them's working on the Flash right now. Another friend of mine's working on the new Star Trek movie, and, and they and they do, and there's definitely an art to that. But I just I uh, is it just because we're older and we have an affinity for the older? Do you think guys I mean, in the '80s looked at uh, fucking like uh, the stop motion, you know, things? Do you think the uh, you know the claymation, yeah. the claymation type thing? Do you think they looked at that like, oh, they have an appreciation for that a little bit more than they do the modern day puppetry or whatever? Well, yeah. I don't know because I can still look at like all the claymation stuff, and it's, it's like pretty, it yeah. takes patience and yes, fucking right, like, right? Like man, like <laughs> it's time and like, hard work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like the further. The further back that you go, you know, they did so much more with so very little. And, like, to me, that's just, like, props, you know. Like, ever since, uh, I don't know, like, um, Trip to the Moon. Yeah. Shit, you oh, know yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, it's like, you yeah, have that to go by. Like, um, like man, going from something like that where you have no, like, you know, predisposition to anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, the birth of, you know, cinema. Of a nation, yes. Oh, no, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. No, yeah. you, you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, going from that to just like, I mean, I guess how efficient it is, you know, you know, just just kind of like, you know, just drop some stuff on the computer or whatever. Even though I know it's like takes way much more than that to do that. There's definitely a difference between like saying that that still holds up and saying the novelty of it still holds up. Because huh. for the most part, it's all the novelty of it still holds up. Because like, I, it's almost like you're going to see a play, and. Obviously, it's not like an ocean in the background. It's obviously like this guy moving away. This, but way I like down. that. But I really like that. Very you know? Wes Anderson of it. You know what I mean? Huh. Because Wes Anderson will do that now, where it, it like the claymation he uses or the CGI oh, effects. And incredible. Quote, uh, but most of it's he, most of it's claim. You know, most of it's low budget anime and low budget special effects. Where uh, it, it, that the whole point is not that it, it just adds a, a quality to it that takes you to a certain feel. Okay, you know, and you get the novelty of it, and it's appreciative. You know, I don't have to. It doesn't take me out of the movie in a bad way. It takes me out of the movie in a way like, oh, cool. It makes me feel like I'm watching a certain kind of movie from a certain time, as opposed to um, something like Mortal Kombat. Where you're watching the CGI and you're like, oh shit, oh, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> like, uh, dude, you could have used puppets, man. You, you <laughs> could have bought something off. from the Halloween spirit store, you know? Like, it, <laughs> that would have been better, man. It wouldn't suck me out so much. You know, shit like that, you know what I mean? No, I get you. But say, um, yeah. no, I was going to say, uh, like in a Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, what a hot film with Kurt Russell. Easily <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. The director's commentary in that I've heard at least ten times. Oh, really? I'll tell you about it right now. Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, I was just... Uh, that eyeball thing. You know, that was obviously blue screen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it still looked real enough where it wasn't yeah. CGI, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was that. And then there was uh, the Sasquatch werewolf looking yes. thing. 
Which obviously was like either animatronics or a guy in a suit. It was guy in a suit, yeah. You know, but I think that's awesome, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. Just because it's like, man, like, at least as a kid watching it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, like maybe at some point it's like, at some point it kind of hits me like, oh, that's just a guy in a suit. But, you know, I'm just watching the movie. I'm just like engrossed in it. I'm like, oh shit, there's some crazy shit out there, you know? I don't know. It was cool, man. It was cool. Exactly. And just like that ending scene where he's just like in the back of his like, uh, dude, that's the most like I till this day I'm waiting for a part two to that man (laughs) because of that scene like you know you know movies that leave you with that the open ended yes it's open ended and like dude that's the part why am I not seeing a part two Big Trouble Little China (laughs) why am I not seeing Big Trouble Little Tokyo you know come on man you know that kind of is that Brandon Lee Big Uh, Trouble Little Tokyo or who am I thinking no no you're right Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Oh, there you it go. It was called Trouble in Little Tokyo, yeah. I remember that yeah. one. Uh, I, yeah. I still watch it today. Carrie. Tia, Tia Carrera. Oh, her. She's in it, uh-huh. She was hot in that movie. Oh, yeah, she's great. Uh, I, they briefly showed Dolph Lundgren's penis, and he has one of the biggest penises in Hollywood. I think it's him and Liam Neeson. Yeah. Actually, didn't they ma- didn't know Brandon Lee comments on it somewhere in the, the movie, that same thing? I thought Tia Carrera did, but it might have been Brandon Lee. Oh, Brian, you're right. Like you're talking about the from the it's in the script. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not in the script. Maybe it was improvised. But I remember before they got hey, in case I die. Like I want you to tell whoop de whoop, and then she's like, okay, in case I die, you have the biggest penis I've ever seen. <laughs> he tells <laughs> tells Dolph Lundgren that, <laughs> and he's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, by the way, before he started acting, he has a PhD in biochemistry. No shit. He's a he's a legit scientist, and not only that, but he's like a seven time black belt karate master. Oh, okay. This is all before he started acting, acting. Yeah, but he's he's a legit like um like smart badass. He's Batman before Batman. That kind nice, of yeah, nice. Yeah, I can't think of way that is. I, he still acts as there, I, and he's one of those guys for me. I watch anything he's in. Right. Most, even though most of the shit he makes now is shitty. <laughs> and it, it, if it like if it was released twenty years ago, it wouldn't be shitty. It'd be cool because that's what he's doing. But he's kind of still doing the same thing he's doing. Oh, okay, gotcha. But he still looks cool to me. Like I, I always like Dolph Lundgren. You know, he's he's a really cool guy for me. You know, that oh, guy since thing. uh, Rocky. Yeah, Rocky Four. Absolutely. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> 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 Pretty good. Yeah, but I always, you know, I always like all the. You know, because you know how I am, the same way you are. Like, you'll watch all the shit and no one's ever heard of, you know what I mean? No. Oh, that's the same way with Dolph. Like, uh, uh, you know, no one's ever fucking heard of Trouble Little China, but I'll, I'll still watch it. No one's ever heard of, like, we, I Come in Peace. It's the I one Come in Peace. Oh, that shit, one? yeah. He found an alien that shoots out uh, CDs as his weapons. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember yeah. all that shit just because uh, that's what my dad that's showed right. me. That's right, yeah. I it watched whatever my dad would over, watch, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then it's like, you know, being as a kid, like, I grew up with it, but then, you know, at, at, at a certain point, like, maybe I'm trying to show, like, some of my friends or no, something, you're, yeah. you know? <laughs> so like, the what? Point. What is this shit? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Like, no, man. Fuck out of here with that. Like, this guy has no taste in movies yeah. or anything. Like, same problem I always had, dude. <laughs> That's so funny. Same, same problem I always fucking had. I think it was maybe in my, until like a mid-teenager, maybe 15, 16, where I realized, like, oh, people aren't exposed to the same shit I was. Like, my kind of thing. Yeah, dude, it's the same, pro- like, oh, shit, like, no one's, you never heard, because like, I'm looking at people like, dude, you ever seen this movie? It's awesome. And they're like, what are you, th- what? No. He's <laughs> like... <laughs> And then it's like, I start questioning myself, like, man, like, yeah. my whole life is a joke or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, but, like, um, 
Like, we were just watching Tremors last night. Oh, man. Like, still, like... But, it, and, and you know what's killed me? I'll talk to people that have never even heard of that movie. Our age, but they've never even heard of the movie. Like, dude, you never heard of fucking Tremors? I've seen... It was in the theaters, man. Before I know? was nine, I've literally seen the movie over a hundred times, you know? Like, before we were nine, you know? I can, that's, like, one of the only movies I could quote, like, from start to finish. Verbatim, yeah, absolutely. You man. know? Like, but right. I guess, I don't know. Like, people trip out. Um, when was... It was you actually... Too. Famous, I really but... like two. I saw... I've seen all of them, but... Two, I really enjoyed. Two was great. Yeah. Two was great. I know it was like a straight to uh, straight to yeah, DVD yeah. type. Oh, well, they all were after the first one, yeah. But that one was great. Like Fred, I would have seen that shit in the theater. I didn't even know Fred Ward had a career before Tremors One, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and then I look back, and he he had actually a little bit of a career. Uh, yeah. which is uh, was it Fred Ward? Which uh-huh. um, what's the one with like the ninja kung fu master one? Uh, American kick-ass or american badass or no 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 it was no it was something else oh uh like delta it was one of those delta movies De- like, uh it wasn't a delta force movie no not delta force. but i'm thinking of one of the, <laughs> you know where i I'd have to ask my dad you but... know where i saw recently like and by recently i mean like 2013 2012 uh he was in 30 minutes or less with um a season sorry and Damn jesse it. eisenberg the and pizza delivery McBride, yes and danny mcbride are the bad guys along with nick schwartzen uh huh. Well, Danny McBride's dad is Fred Ward. Oh, they go to his head. He's the colonel, the marine. Gotcha, yes. gotcha. I do remember. Yeah, that's that. him, Don't they yeah. plot to like kill him he or something like great, that? Great, man. He, was, he oh, my favorite scene actually, because you know he's a badass old marine. When uh, Michael Pena's character comes to like assassinate him, quote unquote, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, like he's like ready for him, and he's like, <laughs> "What do you say? There's like, there's like three dozen gooks in Vietnam that think I'm the Grim Reaper, boy." <laughs> <laughs> As he goes to try to kill, like, his, oh, dude, I like, <laughs> he still has it, man. Why he's, why isn't he acting more? Like, he should be a cool old guy actor, you know? He should uh, be, Joe Dirt, man. He was in Joe Dirt. That's right, the parent, yeah. <laughs> like, he should still be like Sam Elliott to me, you know, the way he, Sam Elliott is. Oh, man, man, absolutely. That's what, Fred Horse should still be that, man. Come on, he's still cool. He's still a badass, you know? That's how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, man, like, ever since Tremors, you know, like, uh, mm. Tremors, watching Tremors 2. But, you know, like, it wasn't, you know, because, like, by that age, when uh, Tremors 2 came out, mm-hmm. like, I, I was al- like I was already exposed to, like, you know, when there's, like, you know, a big theatrical movie, and then, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, straight to DVD, mm-hmm. low budget, and it did have that quality to it, but it was still good. I thought it was fun. I thought it, it was, was like, great. Like, there wasn't, like, a cheesiness to it, and, you know, Michael Gross is probably, like, the only tremors actor to come on in every single one of those movies yeah yeah that's right yeah he was you know but you know it's he has that... the funniest line in there <laughs> he does like yeah. which one uh when he comes to like talking... mres no when he's like uh the mexican army army gave you uh access to all their explosive and you asked for one box of dynamite <laughs> and then he opens a truck and it's like loaded with like fucking explosives <laughs> dude that was that was a good one man i really yeah. like enjoyed that movie yeah absolutely. and i think that was like one of the first movies where i was able to make that distinction between where, what's uh quality uh theater quality and straight to right. quality yeah you I know guess. and even though it's like okay for i me, saw it's that 19, lion king two and a half no, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that movie was the funniest shit ever, man. Yeah, no, but I'm kidding. Off track, but go oh, ahead back yeah. to what you're saying about Trevor. You know, uh, like I got that. You know, I already had that in my head. Like already, you can kind of tell. You know, uh, it's kind of has like it has its moments where it's like obviously like oh man, like nobody, you know, <laughs> somebody didn't put enough in the budget. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I, you see that. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, you like, can see like, that you can literally see the dude's hand one time and uh, animating one of the uh, animatronics, you know. Right, right. Yeah. 
But like even the, like the CGI scenes, they were pretty CGI, oh, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. They but were. they still did have the animatronics to them. Yeah, they, to, they to make the little both, yeah. thing, uh-huh. which I thought was actually very impressive. I thought 100%, it, you know, hundred percent, yeah. And even like the storyline, you know, like they they were it was infrared or whatever. They can't see. Yeah. It, it did it's have cold. like a. This shit is cold. <laughs> when <laughs> they covered them up. Yeah, with a fire, which doesn't work. By the way, that doesn't lower your body temperature. Just the fire, the fire. Do- it was just supposed to be just that layer it's of cold. C2 they can't. Gas. It's C two gas. It's not even though. Like I didn't remember about that until later. Right. When I got into like security, security dude, like oh, it's it's literally not. It doesn't make it colder. It's not cold coming out of the C two. It's C two gas, which covers just like car, a carbon type of carbon. Right. And I remember like oh shit. So on that movie I saw Trevor Sue was bullshit. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like. You know. But it was still good. It was still entertaining. Hell, like hell you know, yeah. Hell yeah, the yeah. characters. You know, they they did it, and I think that's what like you know what what pulls you through it. Yeah. As long as like you're not looking at shitty acting, like you can get you can like bypass all of it. Another funniest part that he has in the movie, you know, uh, what's his face? What's his name? Michael. Um, uh, that's been in all of them. Um, Michael Gross. Michael Gross. <laughs> so he's like, you lit you lit the whole truck on fire, and then they're like, whatever. Like yeah, let's call. And then they still running. They they take like a uh, co- uh, cover behind like two hundred yards, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he and he's still running. Like nope, it's gonna be bigger. <laughs> you gotta keep going. Nope, let's keep going. And they they run behind. Like how big is it gonna be? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's big. It's gonna be big. Dude, I love that. I love that guy's character. Everybody in the movie. I thought Trevor Two was underrated. They should have been in the theaters. I thought. Uh, same. Yeah, same with know, me, man. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, you know. Fred Ward's character, Grady, that was like the... Isn't that Bo Derek as the, uh, the girl, the female girl? No, or? not Bo Derek. It was uh, Helen... Slater? Helen Slater? There you go. That's right, Helen yeah. Slater. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like uh, the old... Uh, uh, Playboy. Playboy uh, model, whatever. Yeah. Which I thought was... Uh, like, it was a pretty cool like little touch or whatever. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. It, it felt a little tacked on. Well, times, but well, just because they opened... The exactly. Like, oh, one day I'll get a girl like you. Yeah, exactly, you know. Yeah, I know. But still, you know... Every, like all the actors and actresses, they did a good job in it. it oh, like no, I so didn't have to like. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just mean like I didn't have to like stop. You know, like where I'm like kind of like. Come like, on. I'm, like yeah, almost like in it. Like oh yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Then like what? Like why'd you have to throw that in there? Come on, man. I got. I, I, that's one of the few from my childhood that I have yet to show the kids. So I gotta show the kids Tremors one and two. Yeah. I haven't seen part one either. I don't think they've seen. Oh either, man. Yeah. And Tommy, you know Tommy, he loves horror movies, so he'll probably get a kick out of it. But uh, was, yeah, yeah, definitely got to show. Uh, just so uh, you know, touching up on it again, um, there's this part in Tremors two mm-hmm. where they show this like random scene from part one, and they just kind of like, like molded it into like this other scene from <laughs> Tremors two. Really? It, it's like I one of those that. like it's like one of the only moments where I'm like, oh man, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. <laughs> but, but you know, like after watching, you it's remember like, the scene? What scene was it? Explain it. Uh, man, um. It's this one scene from part one where there's like a, the graboid mm-hmm. where it just kind of like pops up like from, from the ground and it just like kind of like, you know, like throwing sand everywhere. Just kind of like, you know, just, yeah. you know, because they're underground or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever they want to merge, they just kind of like, kind of like shoot out from the dirt, you know, yeah. just, you know, sticking little tiny things or whatever. And uh, there's a scene in uh, part two. It's like really towards the beginning where it's like, oh man, you know, like. I could already tell it's gonna be a bad movie, you know, because <laughs> it's like you know, like something's happening with the graboid. I don't remember what it is exactly, but I just remember that scene just because I've seen that movie like a gajillion times. Yeah, of course. You know, 
And it's like, oh, man, did they really just put that scene? Like, did they think somebody wasn't going to, like, notice, notice? It, you know? I would have, I would love to go back in time to see the vibe of, what, 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 80, 91? Was it Tremors 1? Uh, 90. 90. I would love to see how the vibe was in, like, in the theaters or, like, I'd love to go to high school when that movie came out and see how people were talking about it. Like, because to me, it was always awesome. You know, I mean, Tremors 1, you know, like, to me, it's always, and 2, too, but I'm saying, like, Tremors 1, I don't remember. It. I, we were, we were, like, five, six years old when that came no, out. No, we I was were five. pretty young, like, 90? 90, 90 I was five, yeah. So, I was, like, eight. Yeah, so I would love to have gone back in time as, like, you know, more cognizant, obviously, and just see how it was for the youth. Did they think it was as awesome as we thought it was, you know, that kind of thing? I want to say it is, you know, yeah, like, right? like oh, I don't know if it's just because we grew up with it, but... Because we did. We did grow up with, you know, uh, there is definitely... A definitive a number of movies where we watched over and over and over again, and in a good way though. You know what I mean? Right, right. Tremors being one of them, Monster Squad being oh, another man. one, Ninja Turtles Part One being another. Like, oh, and look. even Part Two, Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, like, Secret of the Ooze is cool. But it, you know, what I'm saying like uh, Go Ninja, Go Ninja. No, okay. <laughs> no, but there was definitely a, a, a good amount of movies where we were just religiously watching these films. You know what I mean? And and, and we kind of grew up with it as being like a standard. You know what I mean? It, no, I got you. I yeah. got you. You know, uh, man, like, like I think just like from time to time, I don't even know how it comes up, but you remember Faces of Death? I don't Hell know if we've, yeah. we've talked about. Faces have we death, talked about? Not this? yet on the podcast, but Faces of Death and Trace of Death, and it's all had to do with Video Max. Video Max. Yeah, oh shit! My, my sister Patty used to work there, but before she worked there, we were all that was our local video store. You know, that was our Netflix, that was our Hulu for every you, know, you young folks. Right, right, right. <clears throat> but they were one of the few, like, um, they had, it was you, it was Mono Tito. And yeah. Mono, the, that would all, we would always rent, like, Faces of Death. I remember specifically going, I was like eight years old, maybe, uh, when I went to start asking for the movies myself, you know. Because keep in mind, I'm watching them, you know, five, six, seven, eight. And I remember asking, like, oh, uh, I asked the lady. I think we were together, actually, if because we'd get a pizza and we'd order movies, right? Oh, because the Little Caesars was right there. Right there, right next to it. And we'd be like, I remember asking the lady, like, oh, you know, you have to keep in mind, this is old school shit. So for everybody, folks at home, if that's too young to remember, if a video score they didn't have that movie or that copy of that selection, you were just out. You had to wait till whenever the guy returned it back right. for you to run that same shit out. But I remember asking, like, They'd check on the computer, like, oh, uh, is uh, the best of Faces of Death checked out? And the lady would be like, oh, yeah, sorry, it's checked out. I'm like, okay, is the worst of Faces of Death checked out? Because that's how they were named. Yeah, 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 yeah. After you got to, like, after Volume 9, it was like, oh, best of slash worst of. Yeah, 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 gotcha. <laughs> and, and yeah. I remember, like, oh, okay. And that's one of the earliest times where I remember watching these very, very young age. And, like, I, we mentioned before, but our dads didn't give a fuck about censorship for oh, some man. reason. <laughs> so... It's like, like I remember my dad would trip up all like more. I don't think it was so much my dad. Maybe my mom. Uh-huh. Like maybe sex scenes or something like. That's that. the same thing for me. Like I, that's the only time I'd ever have to cover my eyes. Or like when it was a legit sex scene for some movie mm-hmm. or whatever. But like as far as like other bullshit goes, like no, we got watching, to watch whatever the fuck. Man. And I remember like damn, like, like that's one thing you know I let Tommy obviously because I don't believe in censorship and ex- with the exception of sexual thing. But uh, I don't think I'd let him watch Traces of the Traces of Death right oh, okay. now. Uh, you know, but, but he he's huge into the horror movie thing, right? And he'll show me some shit. We're like, oh shit, you know, like damn, that's pretty bad. <laughs> like I, dude, like I'm on my phone, or whatever, and we're and we're semi watching a movie with whatever, like maybe Chucky, Bride of Chucky, or no, no, the new one. What came out? Um, uh, Curse of Chucky, the new one that came out. 
Chris Lechecki? Is yeah. that the John Ritter one? No, no, no. This is a new one that came out like a year ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, he knows all about it. He oh, okay. It. And he's like, oh, he's watching it. And then, like, I'm kind of not really watching it. Because I've seen it like three times, right? And he's like, oh, dad, don't watch, don't miss this part. And it's like literally some dude, his face getting cut in half with an axe. Like, like oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. Damn, son. Could have warned him, brother. You know, like, damn. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, I would not let him. I probably would not, not to say like if he rented it himself or he if he like brought it up or like oh if you if he asked me to watch it like okay I'll watch it with you but I definitely wouldn't put that out there like oh Tom you gotta check out traces oh, right. you gotta tra- check out faces of that I wouldn't put that out there for him but I remember us watching it where like I remember there was a scene where I felt very uncomfortable I was like six maybe six seven years old okay and it was that scene where that girl's getting raped in court oh shit <laughs> it's a uh, um. It's on video. It's like yeah. uh, some somebody's testimony, whatever. Yes, I do remember that. They're like back when it was VCRs. It was in DVDs. It was yeah. VCRs. It, it's like kind of like in school, you know, where they had that uh-huh. little tray. Where That's there was exactly like a, what it was. I a remember. TV yeah. with the VCR mm-hmm. on it, you know. Yeah. On wheels, and they showed it. Like I remember being cool. Well, not cool, but. I remember it not bugging me, like the dude that committed suicide, the monkey, the live monkey that got his brains broken. I remember that, that, was, so- that well, at least for me, that was like pretty like the animal stuff. Yeah. Like always, kind of got me. Cause you but, feel from, but I remember yeah. for me it was it, uh, it didn't get me enough where like oh shit that's what I just remember I, I remember it got me enough like oh that's fucked up or whatever. And I remember that one though the 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 female raping one like I remember that like holy shit man this is. This is sad, <laughs> you know. It's like that kind of feel for it, you know. Is that um um? I don't remember. Any? Do you any of them stick out for you? Or no, like I remember that one that you mentioned. It. I do remember that mm-hmm. one. It was like a long time ago, obviously, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just remember, you know, like I don't know, like what the hearing was or what was going on. Yeah. But I just remember that one scene where they're like showing the tape because obviously the rapist filmed it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they're showing. You know, the guy, you know, doing whatever to the girl. And uh, I just... And it was just this weird angle. It almost looked like it was from uh, under a house. Hmm. Like, this like this very narrow space. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it was just the angle, but I, I just... the girl crying in court when she was, like, forced to rewatch it or something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that. I remember that guy got to me a little bit. You know, that was, like... Pretty interesting. What a pussy I was at seven years old. Oh no! <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> but um, you know, you mentioned you know the part where the two guys uh, bash their brains in. Yeah, the well, the monkey. Like, I guess it, it, honestly, it looked like a study. You know, like obviously, like some guy's personal library, very fancy, all these books everywhere. These two guys in suits. You know, they're like sitting opposite of one another in this very round table. Where there's a hole in the middle. Yeah. Have we talked about this on the podcast? Not at all. No? Not at all. Trust me, I remember. Yeah. All right, so um, like there's this table that they sit across from each other from, and uh, there's a hole in the middle, and um, it's split in the middle with like a hinge at one of the ends, so it kind of yeah. like this Pac-Man looking thing. And only his head is sticking out. I right. That. Yeah. So they bring this monkey and uh, they put him up to his neck, like in that hole. They close up the table so only his head is visible, and um, they take rocks. I think it was. And then they're just like bashing like the monkey's head and and they're just kind of like I don't remember what look they had you know I just remember his screams going from like, ah, to like diminishing just, slowly diminishing it just yeah until it eventually just died and once they you know they bash the skull and they uh, started eating his brains you know what's crazy is that um, real life moment 
cut to like eight years ago. What it reminded me of, as far as screaming goes, is uh, my son's disectomy, <laughs> where uh, I had my son circumcised. Excuse me. Not oh, gotcha. Uh, circumcised. Excuse me. I don't know. First day I got one. But I had my son uh, circumcised, and I remember like they asked, "Oh, does uh, do any of the parents want to be in the room?" And I remember like, "Cause you don't have to be, whatever." Uh-huh. And you know they they asked Jackie, and she's like, "No, I don't think so. I'm okay." And I was like, "Man, I can't." Uh, you know, keep in mind he's like three months old. And I'm like, nah, I can't let him do this by myself. I got to do this, you know, with him, whatever. So I go in there with him. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> I remember it being, like, one of the most traumatic experiences for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because the doctors, you know, keep in mind, he's, uh, he's I'm sure he's done it a hundred times. You know, that's what they're there for. And I'm circumcised myself, cause whatever. But I was like, okay, I guess you're supposed to do this shit. But I, I, keep in mind, this, I wouldn't do it. If I have another boy, if I, you know, whatever, another kid, I'm not even doing that again. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that. But I remember, like, the whole experience, because I'm there with him, and I'm holding his... Well, he's holding my finger, so I'm holding his hand, you know, because... Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So I was holding his hand, and I remember him, like, as the process is going, and I'm, and I'm looking, because, like, a part of me is like, <laughs> uh, like, imagine what he's going through. I right. don't. I don't want to be that guy where like, oh, I can't look, and I'm looking away. You know, that like you're. I, I'm the no, dude. He's going through worse than you are. So trust me. <laughs> so like, the least you can do is put up with it emotionally. So you know, whatever. I'm looking at the process going, but I remember his, his the crying he's doing as it's going on, and the crying got to the point where he just ha- ran out of breath or ran out of like he had no more vocals in him. So it, it goes like ah to like. Ah. Oh, where man. it's just like a like a squeaky toy without the squeak, and I just remember being like, oh, you know, just heartbreaking, like, you know, that kind of thing. And then um, that's what they remind me of the monkey part, like the dude's getting his bad things. And well, anyways, but like going coming back to the Tommy's thing, you know, circumcision, mm-hmm. her circumcision. Like, I don't think I could ever do this again. Like seeing your own, because I wanted to stop the doctor in the process. Like, I changed my mind. Like no, don't hurt him anymore. You know, I wanted like that's what my compulsion was, was to like this is this is no 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 stop. You know that kind of thing. Right. Like, and and it was it was really like one of those like oh, shit, man. No, you're already you know you can't do it. Made it's gonna be weird. Now you have well, to go halfway. Yeah, 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 there's no way. You know that you gotta go through it. So I was just like, hey man, I'm you know I remember like like almost like if you wanted like him to read your mind. Like I'm here for you, man. I'm, I'm going through this with you. I'm here. Oh, well, was it Beverly D'Angelo with uh, Edward Norton? Like, you think you're the only one in here when he's yelling at the, the other and side he's of the like, holding the phone. Yeah, he's like, 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 I'm in here with you. You know? Yeah, I But that's how I yeah, felt yeah. to Tommy. Like, hey, man, I'm crying too. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I do. This is me too. You know, anyways, cut to, like, I would never do any. I, if I had another son, that's, he's going to have an anteater dick. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I would I do that again. But um, that's what that reminded me of the monkey. It, when I was in, you know, thinking about it, the way he was crying reminded me of the way the monkey was crying when he was getting his his uh, brains beat in, you know. Oh no, yeah. And it, uh, and it was crazy that I was talking about it because I hadn't seen it since I was like what six years old, seven years it's old. It's been a long time. Man. Yeah, I haven't you know? seen any of those. And you know, there's been like different series of those types of movies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, snuff. So I guess you could call it snuff, right? Uh, yeah, I guess there's snuff. I think snuff is illegal though. Yeah, I don't know is. what makes this thing. That's what, that's what I was remember because I remember watching Eight Millimeter, right? Oh, Nicolas Cage and uh, no, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix, absolutely. And I remember watching that. I'm mean, like, how, like, um, you know, we were watching all, like, weren't we watching this with Traces of Traces of Death? 
Because I remember a lot of this shit. This isn't that bad. Like, what's the difference between that and this? Because I remember watching the videos that they were watching. I'm like, that's not worse than what we were watching when we were kids. Mm-hmm. I remember the, uh, it was a cool movie. I like the movie because it, it did give you a feel for the L.A. underground. And I love that feel. I love the feel of, like, the L.A. underground type, like, sleaziness of it. No, there, I get you. I get you. Because there is a, you know, L.A. is a cool city. But there's, but the what the, the thing, okay, it's kind of a little different what we're going, we're talking about, but one of the main reasons I love, like, Los Angeles or just the, the, the greater Los Angeles area is movies like 8mm and movies like Pulp Fiction and movies like L.A. Confidential and oh, movies nice. like uh, The Black Dahlia. Oh, absolutely. Because there's definitely, like, everybody, or even Straight Outta Compton, for, to give a, an extreme example, because, um, especially now that I travel... I get to see a lot of people, hear a lot of people, you know, like I said, I'm talking to some dude from fucking Netherlands, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know, it comes up, oh, where are you from? And I'm, you know, oh, I'm from Long Beach, you know, outside of, you know, Long Beach recognizable city or, or, oh, Long Beach, where's that at? I'm like, oh, it's in LA. And like, oh, how's it? So you get a feel for like, depending on how they grew up, the, uh, you know, obviously, uh, since just, you know, famous city in the world, right? That kind of thing. But you get a feel for like, oh, this guy knows L.A. through 90210, <laughs> right? Oh, okay. So, like, oh, this guy okay. knows, or this girl knows L.A. through Clueless. Like, oh, okay, she thinks this is L.A. Oh, she thinks that's L.A. Or the uh, even the extreme factor, like, oh, this guy thinks it's L.A. because he likes Snoop or he likes Ice Cube. And it's that kind of feel where, like, uh, <laughs> oh, like, dude, if you really knew, there's like a hundred different L.A.s. Right, 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 right. You know, this is everybody has their own world inside the city where they live in. Because that's the only way that they can relate to it, whatever right. their exposure was. Exactly, right. exposure. Exactly, like, oh, so you know it from this film or from this kind of these genre, this genre of films. You know, you know it from the hood, from the fucking, you know, from from Don't Be a Menace. You know, oh, you, that's how you know L.A. Or you know it from, you know, Baby Boy or what, what, whatever the fuck it has to be. But you know it from hood movies, you know? Or... Or you know, oh, you, you know, are they like, from American Me or Blend Blue Out? Oh, cool. You know, like that's oh, we got to, That's yeah. just a section, though. You know, there's a whole another world, and there's a whole other era, and you know that kind of thing. So it's really cool to me to like be able to like it's 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 all those things, and it's none of those things. You know what I mean? Right. No, I get you. I get you. you. Know, it's it's, it's interesting. It. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's me trying to explain to that person like, yeah, there are parts like that. Yeah, there are, there are things like that. And there, dude, there's times where you're gonna go to a mall and you're gonna run into celebrity or something like that. You mm-hmm. know? But it's, but that's just a pinch. That's just a pinch of it. It's not necessary. Doesn't necessarily represent the overview. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like I said, I, I, lo- I, I that's why I, one of the reasons I fell in love with the city specifically is I love the fact that you can ask a hundred different people and you're gonna yeah, get a yeah, hundred different ways. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But it's cool. To me, it's cool. And the fact that we grew up here and live here, I, I like that. You know, that kind of thing. The, I think I was getting away from. <laughs> how do we get from there from brain, monkey brains? <laughs> oh, monkey brains, fuck. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You're gonna have to hear, listen to it back then. <laughs> went, to, went to Randy Newman. I love LA from fucking Lucky Breaks. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. What was it? Shit, uh, it went from Monkey Brains to Circumcision to. <laughs> Shit, I don't movies, know, man. Movies, LA Confidential, maybe. You know, Black Dolly. Oh, Black Dolly. Which. Yeah, um, which is the one uh, with uh, Adrian Brody? That's a Hollywood Land. Was that Hollywood Land? Where he's like kind of like a private he's investigator. He's a private eye investigating Ben Affleck's. Uh, ben Affleck played George Reeves. Now the reason I know so much about this is because well I, I you know obviously I have the movie but 
George Reeves was one of the original Supermans. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. So the comic book feel, and um, he was it was infamous. His death was infamous because he committed suicide, but it wasn't an alleged suicide. And there's evidence uh, that he really was murdered, and they staged as suicide. That kind of thing. Right, right. And it it had to do with his like um, wife, or whatever. I think it was played by Feruza Balk. In the movie, I like her. I don't remember. I really like her a lot. I met her oh, too, yeah. but super nice girl. Oh, nice! And that made me like oh, you're nothing like your characters. You know, like wow, oh, really? Nothing like it. She's very, very uh, like a kind person. Wow, and she's so pretty. I, I just liked her. She has a distinct look. You know, yeah, absolutely. I and love that. Not, I love not, that. It's not like what you would call like natural beauty. No, no, it is natural beauty. I'm sorry, it's not what you would call like uh, LA beauty. I don't, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I get you. I get what you're saying. She's different just... from the blonde bombshell type of gotcha. bullshit, you know? But she still has something. At least yeah. for me, I always saw it. I, me too, man. And uh, anyways, um, so Ben Affleck is uh, playing George Reeves, who's the infamous Superman. And uh, you know, actually, <laughs> one part that really that stood out for the movie is because He's a white guy, but he's into he, he's in love with mariachi music. <laughs> Did you know this or no? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Uh, or have you seen you seen the movie was just once or so? Or yeah, just once. So he's he's in love, not in love, but uh, like he 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 hires like <laughs> like a uh, you know trios of mariachi guys mm-hmm. to come over anytime he hosts a party and play for him. And he was like a semi musician slash actor, so he'd always like start drinking and then start playing the songs with, uh, like get a guitar and start playing with them and singing huh. with them, singing with the with the with the mariachi bands. And anytime him and you know Fruza Box character, the, his wife or slash girlfriend, were gonna fight, he was like, "Oh fuck you, man! Go play your fucking beater music." <laughs> <laughs> that part always made me laugh. <laughs> like, why is this guy liking that? Yeah, that kind of thing. But anyways, Hollywood. Uh, actually, I was in uh, Bob um, Harris in that. Not Bob Harris. Bob Hoskins. I think he was in Hollywood Land, along with Adrian Brody. Was he the one that paid uh, him to so. go? Like, I guess follow. Was it his wife or I th- whatever? I, I think I think his wife was with somebody that was along. Oh, that okay, gotcha, and he was gotcha. sent to investigate that kind of thing. Yeah. I think actually Bob Hoskins' character worked for the for either MGM or one of the studios, right? And they hired him to keep a lookout for that private eye who was hired by the gotcha. Because there, because yeah, there was a scene where there was like somebody looking at uh-huh. uh, Adrian Brody, yeah, like, like, while he's trying to do his thing. right. Yeah, that's a cool movie, and it and I definitely like the feel that it gives to that whole. Like like movies like Hollywoodland or The Black Dahlia or even more recently The Gangster Squad if you ever saw one. Oh, I saw it. I yeah, it was pretty just cool. that old LA feel like it's. It cool, was different, man. but it still touched on that. Like I know what you I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the the vibe back then. It just seems so fucking like, man. That's a cool. That's a whole other world that you're not absolutely part of, you know? definitely. Yeah. Um, like the one thing that I really remember from um Hollywoodland mm-hmm. was where it's um. It just shows the camera as like somebody's like walking into a house. It's already nighttime. No uh, lights were on. The doors wide open. Yeah. Like it's like pretty much like you're walking into a house with no lights on. So it's just like this dark, empty room, which always like was so creepy to me because I know yeah. they did it more than once in the movie. And I'm like, that's kind of like it just gives me that feel to that old. Uh, I don't know. I guess like the way that I perceive that old uh, LA vibe as in. Um, Haunting. Say uh, like it's haunting, but yeah. it's not like in a ghostly way. I don't know, but no, it's just, no, a just very a creepy, creepy feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing with the Black Dahlia. Like yeah. through that whole movie, it has like this vibe to it where I'm like, damn. 
it has this creepiness to it, but it's not like a horror movie or like monsters and no, ghosts kind of creepy. It's eerie almost. It's, it's something, yeah. you know. I don't know like what to categorize it just yeah. because I don't have anything to base it on. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, I think it's more like why it's scarier slash eerier slash creepier because it's set in realism. Meaning, if mm. you're not looking for mysticism, you're looking for a cult. You're looking for people who are actually going to do something about it. You're looking for a mass murder or, like, a serial killer type. Person. Okay. And it's very possible. You know what I mean? Like, um, like the feel that I get from it, even though, like, nothing is happening in the scene or the previous scene or the scene coming up. Right. Like, uh, it's like, it gives me that vibe where um, there's always somebody, like, lurking down the street. Yeah. You know, like, if I'm just going to make, like, a quick right, there's somebody right there just ready to, like, I don't know, shoot me or I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, it, like uh, you know what it reminds me of? You know those neighborhood watch, like, you know, like, little um, plaques or whatever on the street? Yeah. Where it's, just, it's a silhouette, really. We're just, like, a kind of like a guy with a jacket. Yes, I do. And the hat, like, yes. that's pretty much, like, the feel that I get from it. Hmm. Where just, like, down the street, there's, like, somebody there just waiting, you know, like, no, I better not. Like, I'm just going to There's something to that because it said, like, Psychology wise, statistically wise, that a person is more afraid of two people. If you're if you're walking down an alley, a dark alley, you're more afraid of two people or one person um, coming up next to you than a group of five or more. You know what I mean? Hmm. And uh, it, it like they could all distract each other as opposed to they have to do with like if it's like one or five or one or whatever. There's got to be at least one sensible person. Like, nah, that's not right. We shouldn't. Right. But as a person, if there's one person or two persons. That you can convince the other guy, like, hey, let's fuck this dude up. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, Jack is wild. No one's going to find out. Like, it's easier to convince one person when you're next to somebody as opposed to trying to convince a group of people to do something bad when gotcha. you're in, you know, that kind of thing. Because inherently, like, if there's, like, a voice of reason, no matter... Exactly. Like, if you're going to listen to that. Gotcha. Uh, as opposed to the point where you're listening to someone who's convincing you that you can get away with it, and you probably could, you know? And it's hmm. kind of like your inner nature, the nature of human beings. Right. Where, you're going to do something. Since the dawn of time, man. Yeah, that's what it is, man. Yeah. And I think that's that creepy vibe. And, you know, I used to f- deal with this a lot, um, especially when I was, like, marathon training. Mm-hmm. Because I used to train in the canals, you know, the Long Beach, uh, I'm not the, uh, well, the LA River. LA River, yeah. <clears throat> well, every single underpass that you pass is a main, every main street, it's an underpass where you see that. Yeah. And there's about a group of three to four homeless guys there, maybe sometimes two. And, and... When you're from like our house, my house, you know, to from the canals where it picks up Artesia to downtown, it's there and back, it's about 22 miles. Hmm. Uh, 22.5, right? But, anyways, um, so that's what I would use to, you know, train for the marathon 26. Point, um, what is it? 26.4 miles, right? For a marathon? Yeah. Like a 5K? 26.2 miles. That's what it is for sure. Okay. Anyways, um, I'll explain why it is that later. Oh, no. But anyways, so there was, so I leave like after work and I'll leave back at six, right? Sun's up. But by the time I get back, doing the thing, it's already dark, pitch black darkness. And you're coming underneath every overpass. And there's sometimes where there's like a crazy ass homeless dude just like literally yelling, screaming at the in the air. Like, ah, like shit like that, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. like screaming out whatever bullshit. And uh, like I'll have my headphones on, but it's such an eerie feeling going through every shadowy underpass and it's that kind of same thing you were talking about where it's just like this is realism this is this guy going into the unknown you're going into the unknown and you're going into the unknown with some dude literally screaming at the sky like Mm. we're like who knows what the fuck is going through his head you know yeah yeah, it's so scary that the fact and it's it's just right there and then we're like 
every time you you pass that part, you're you think you're gonna get ju- jumped or like tacked on and uh, uh, knifed or something like that. Right, you know? right. It, it's very eerie, very creepy, and it fills you with a like a like statistically, you're thinking like you, you I like you almost have to I almost have to convince myself logically like nothing's gonna happen. You know, statistically, you're not gonna get attacked. You're and if you do, you're gonna be fine. You know, you're gonna find a way out of it. Um, but but it still doesn't mean your heart drops any less, you know. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Because it's still this like fight or flight reflex. You and that's know, what it's... it is. It's absolute human nature, you know. Right, right. Absolutely, and you and you're really just being cautious. You know what I'm saying? Your your subconscious is being cautious of it, you know. But and it will happen like every, every you know, like I said, a marathon is doing every day, and it would be not necessarily the same guy all the time either. It'd be different, like, and you're just like. Man, he's raging derelict. So yeah, you know, and it's so weird. And it, but it, it, you know, like I said, when it's dark and there's not no street lights there, you know what I mean? It's, so right, you're going in darkness, and you just, you know, you just gotta push on through. You know, you gotta statistically, you got three seconds to cross that underpass. More than likely, he's not gonna all of a sudden start running after you or jump on you or trip you while he's in. But you definitely, I definitely get more tense each moment where I feel the guy. If if anybody's up. You definitely feel just that tension, and it's it's so weird to have. It's that. a natural reaction. Yeah, it, it's one of the things that your brain can't ignore is that you're being watched, that uh, you're hungry. Mm-hmm. No, no, wait. I think it's um. Hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. it's a. Let's see, it's a sex drive kind okay. of thing that um you can't ignore somebody that's that's attractive. attractive. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, they're right because it's scientifically proven. That you you want to stare at a girl with big boobs or big ass, right? Like it's literally you have to do a double take or something like that. Yeah, like it happens, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's that. It, yeah, it's uh, let's see, hunger. You can't ignore that you're hungry, mm-hmm. and then you can't ignore that you're in danger. Hmm. Like these are just instinctive yeah, things. Absolutely, like, evolutionary. Yeah, they wise. kick mm-hmm. in even before you realize that they did. You know, Darwin rules type shit. Yeah, absolutely. you know, like so. You know, it makes sense. Hmm. Like it's kind of like you're going through like a situation. You know, you're just like. Super like on alert, Everything you know, uh, you primitive mode, you uh-huh. know, like fight or flight, fight or flight techniques. Yeah, you know, you're that's right. what it is, you know. That's very interesting. But uh, like anyway, you know, like <clears throat> like I mentioned, Black Dahlia. That's just like watching that movie. That's kind of like you know the vibe that I get from that time era. Yeah. Even though that I wasn't there, but you know that's just just to feel like I'd just be walking down the street and there's just somebody down the street just waiting to just pop you or I don't know just. Come out of nowhere. Like I, I'm a die, pretty much. You know, I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. But um, you know, uh, uh, earlier you mentioned uh, movies that um, that like oh, you can't wait to tell people about this movie. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Last episode. Actually, uh, touching on it, um, the Zodiac. Oh yeah. That uh, William. That was more than the Bay Area, but yeah. Yeah, it took right. place in San Francisco, just the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. But, uh, like, honestly, like, that's one of those movies where I saw it, and, uh, till, the, till this day, you know, if I could, you know, like, tell somebody about it that hasn't watched it, yeah. I tell them about it just because it gives me that same feel. Where right now, like, I could probably, like, you know, like, I'm gonna walk down, you know, go to my bedroom, you know, even though I'm in my own house, you know, but I'm gonna feel like, like, uh, the guy at the Zoda is just gonna, like, come stab yeah. me to death or something you know yeah absolutely so, you know but I think like that movie you know is it's a like to me it's a psychological thriller I don't yeah. know if maybe that's the intention yeah, I but that, yeah. I don't see it as a horror movie 
because like I see it as a psychological thriller just because like it got in my head you know it's like one of those movies where like ever since I've seen it and any time that I watch it yeah it still gives me goosebumps it's still like it's still in my brain you know would you rate that like let's say you said it's a sec- because it got in your head right would you rate like Science of the Lambs which was considered a horror movie more than oh gotcha more than a psychological no I see it as a psychological more than a horror movie absolutely because it was rated as a horror movie yeah yeah you know I get that you know let's go to the extreme like Amityville Horror for me now it's a horror movie but it fucked with my head more than anything. True. And that's same, a psychological thriller. So that does that make okay, it a psychological gotcha. thriller to me? You know, just because do do you rate it by what whether it fucked with your head more or whether what it's the genre it's meant to be? Hmm. Know? It's interesting. Yeah. Shit. Um. Because well, Amityville or Zodiac? Uh, no, Amityville. Because you already told me Zodiac was a, a psychological thriller. For me. But I, in my argument, I would say Amityville Horror was a psychological thriller for me. Because it 100% to this day. It was both, fucked man. with my head, you know? Both. It was both for me. Yeah. Not the, the original one. Like, the the remake with yeah. um, Ryan Reynolds. Good. I thought it was a good Melissa attempt. George. That's yeah, the best exactly. Way it. it was a good attempt. But there's no way that creepy fact. When you're fucking a kid right. watching the old school. And you know it's based on a true story. Like, wow. Dude, you know? I have the book. Yes. I don't know if you've seen, like, uh, seen the book. Uh-huh. Uh, Jay Anson. He's the one that wrote it. Um. There's a like it, it's a it's a novel, you know. Yeah. It's just like own words, except there's this one part where um it shows um because you know there's like the little girl in the movies, mm-hmm. you know, like um Margot Kidder, James Brolin, and three kids, mm-hmm. like two sons and a daughter. Yeah. And she was the one that used to talk to Jody, which yes. was actually and, uh, the absolutely. the demon, uh-huh. the devil in the movie. Well, I thought it was a ghost. It was a demon, actual demon. Uh, yeah, oh, it okay. was a demon. Um, it shows uh, like her drawing of Jody as a pig because that was like the form that it took. It took in the movie, running through the snow, and it's a really harmless picture. Like if there was no context behind it, you know, you could show it to somebody. It yeah. just looks like oh, a little pig. Like yeah. oh, how cute, you know? Like no shit. I'm getting an eerie, icky feeling right now. You talking about this right now, and I love it. I love it. I love it. But um, you know, it's like nothing. You know, like. You look at it, you know, like, you know, without that context, mm-hmm. you look at it, it's just like, you know, just kind of like this weird, like, looking little pig running through the snow, whatever the snow is supposed to be drawn. It's just like a little kid drawing. Harmless. But if you were to, like, you know, explain the story to somebody that, you know, doesn't know anything about that, you know? Yeah. It'd be like, oh, shit. At least for me, that that's what it was, you know? Just 100%. Like, yeah, that's, I, I'd take the same, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, same thing with the Zodiac, you know. It doesn't have, like, a supernaturalness to me, necessarily. Just so much, uh, just a darkness of the human spirit, maybe. There's definitely, that's the kind of feel I, I took the 8mm. Well, mm. there's definitely, like, uh, what I know firsthand. But at the time, it's more, I'm, I mean, I know firsthand now. But at the time, it was more like, man, this is what humans are capable of. You know, it was definitely a feel like. Okay. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, like, could I fucking, you know, like, let's say right now, like, you, like, you try to do it as, as is, try to put yourself in the person's shoes, or like, would you kill your dog for fucking, you know, how, whatever reason was, could you do it? I don't know if I could, you know, like, I mean, that's an emotional, something that you have a connection with, and you're literally just destroying it, as opposed, and, and the, you're watching movies about someone who literally has no emotional connection to that whatsoever. Like, a sociopath. A sociopath. Yeah, 
And you're, or a, well, to an extreme, a psychopath, but a sociopath, right? You're someone who just, like, oh yeah, they had that dog for eight years, and then they're just going, hey, fuck it, let me put a burner, and without without consequence, right? And it's like that's terrifying to me. Now, no, no, that that's that's like that's fucked up to me. That's not terrifying to me. That's fucked up to me. But you give that same person with that ability to do that without conscience, and you give him a mind of someone who's clever, more clever than you. Hence the Zodiac Killer. Now that's what's terrifying to me. You, someone who's smarter than me, and that's what always scared me. And and, and watch, I'm watching like movies like Science of the Lambs. Watch any movie where like where I can't outsmart someone. You know, being me putting myself in that shoe, where you know that kind of thing. Where like, oh shit! Like, not only is this guy gonna um, like you have nothing that you can have in competition with him, but he also can uh, like without an emotion. Just fuck you up, or not, not necessarily even kill you quickly. Just torture you without emotion, with and with his qualifying reasons. Like that's terrifying to me. And Zodiac Killer was that for me. Well, uh, the movie Seven was that for me. You know, this is a guy hmm. with that kind of thing where he can put people through a torture system because he believes in the end result. So he has no emotional feel for the previous. You know. No, but it wasn't always like an end result for anybody that does it. Just like you know, like uh, touching up on like well, I only said say that for the, seven specifically, yeah. Like the Joker's character, you know. Mm-hmm. Like in a he was had it the Dark Knight, you know? he had an end result though, and he has an end result. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, let, like let's just say, just like that, uh, the archetype. Yeah. You know, they don't care. They just want to watch the world. By the way, they gotta mention it. Deja vu right now. Oh. It just happened when you mentioned it. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. But, you know, it's just like, like, it doesn't matter, like, either way, you know, like, uh, like, you know, like, um, like, I wouldn't even know how to think, you know, uh, from that other end, you know, where, like, I'm evil and I want to do evil things. Is that, is, if that's what it's like, I wouldn't know, you know, where you could just do something, you could just, like, literally lick somebody dead in the eye shoot him yes and no you know okay. because part of me wants to say it's you inside whether you have a decision or not and hmm. part of it is the environment you're around at the time because there's definitely how do I put this without sounding like a dick there's definitely positions you can you can well, maybe I don't know, man. Maybe you're just maybe that's you all along, and you're making excuses for yourself to try to justify you being a good person, you know. Hmm. But there's definitely I think that there's environments where you're at where you make a decision and you're making the right call, even though you didn't feel shit, you know. Okay, let me try to put it in a civilian point of view. Like, if someone comes to rob your family or even do worse, you don't know them. Mm-hmm. You have a gun in your hand, and you want to kill this guy. You have the desire to fucking put a pull in this motherfucker's head. And he, maybe he didn't, you have the opportunity, and he has a gun in the head, but maybe you had the opportunity, he hasn't even raised the gun yet. You put a blast through his head, and you felt good, and you're like, fuck yeah. Oh, like bloodless? Maybe, yeah. And But but you're justified, and you're using that as an excuse, you know? Do you think there's something to that? So, like, you know, it was premeditated that I wanted to kill somebody. Yeah. I wanted to take their life. And but... you got this, he presented it with you an opportunity to go ahead and take it. Um, can, But that's more like considering that, like, oh, you know, I can't wait for that moment, you know, where I get to, yeah. you know, get away with that. I think, like, there's, I think there's a lot. I hope there's a lot of guys like that because I don't know. I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah, yeah. 
But like at least for me personally, it's not like a recurring thought mm-hmm. where I can't wait to you know end somebody's life. Like right. what's that gonna be like? Like mind you, you know, like it has come across. Like you know, I do or have thought about stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. like like what would like like how does it change? You know, I think about a tombstone mm-hmm. where um there's this uh scene where um. Where uh, Kurt Russell is telling Bill Paxton, because yeah, one time, yeah, like exactly, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, later on in that scene, after he kills, after the OK Corral shootout, yep. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, and he's like, he seems like you know very distraught about it. And I'm like, oh man, does it really change you that much? Like, what's that like? You know, there's like a curiosity to it. Hey, oh no, I'm sorry. You know, like for me, you know, there's like curiosity aspect yeah. to it, but like, I don't think I could handle something like that. You'd be surprised what the human person could handle. No, no, no. I, like, you. mind you, like... But you're talking about right now. Your position yeah, right Yeah, you know, now. like... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have, like, anybody on, like, my hit list or anything, you know? There, and, there, there wasn't... Yeah. You know, there isn't, um... There wasn't, like, the survival modeness right now where I just want to go out and, like, kill somebody. I, I don't have that. I think there's two different you know? aspects to that. Because you're right. Because there is a survival mode where you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, where, yeah, I get where you. You're gonna do what you gotta do. If it means taking a life, fuck them. You're gonna take a life because that means your survival or your loved one's survival. It's either it's either predator or prey because it's yeah, a doggy dog kill or be killed type of shit. Yeah, right? exactly. And there's definitely a mode where people think we're like, you know what? Like, uh, you know, he wrongs me, so fuck him. I'm gonna take this life. There's a break. There's a there's a difference. There's a big difference between like I hope I'm in this situation. Where I get to fuck this guy up, because fuck. Where you're justified, right? Where you're wh- or no? Wh- well, yes, yeah. Well, okay, that's what I'm saying. This is exactly what I'm thinking about. There's definitely a point where you want to like, you know what? Fuck this guy. He fucked me over. You whatever. I'm gonna you know what? Fuck them. You know that kind. Of, whether it's to extreme kill or just to beat him up, whatever. And then there's a difference between it's premeditated. Like you know what? I'm waiting for him outside his job, and I'm gonna go do this, and I'm gonna get away with it. Like the that, that's where that comes in the hand where the premeditated. Now whether that be taken to an extreme where like I'm gonna murder him and I'm gonna get away with it because I planned it all out, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's that's I think there's a big difference between that and like I hope the opportunity comes. Like if I'm wishing, like I hope the opportunity comes so I can fuck him up and I'll be justified as opposed to like I'm gonna make this opportunity happen for me. Where I'm going to go do this because I know where he works. I know where he lives now. And I'm going to go fuck him up. And I'm going to get away with it. And no one's ever going to prove any evidence to me. That's that kind of shit where like, holy shit, watch out for that guy. Because that guy's thinking it all out through. As hmm. opposed to just hoping the opportunity comes. If it doesn't come, whatever. No biggie. But if it does come, like, okay, fuck it. As opposed to that guy who's just like, he's planning it out. He's got the whole mastermind kind of bullshit, you know. No, that's the, that's, the, that's the scary guy for me to be wary of, you know. Huh. And, Interesting. And there's a level, be- and that and that takes a part, and that's another level. That's another level apart from the guy who's like kill or be killed type guy, who's like he's got to do what he's got to do, you know that kind of thing. You know what I mean? But you know, just no, like, I got you, know. you, I got you. But there's a difference between you know being a survival, you know, protecting yourself, that's protecting your family. Yes. yes. And that's that first level. That's the first level of being able to do what you got to do. Because, uh, like, the initial reaction, I don't think is, you know, like, where you can kind of, you know, be critical about it. Well, like, okay, you know, like, say uh, a guy cut me off on the freeway. Like, 
yeah. Like, I'm not gonna fucking just, like, you know, just murder his whole family or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, even though you feel like it, right? I do. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like a rage thing, you know? Like, I don't know, like, how yeah. much that spans, but just, like, initially, you know? As opposed to it being, you know, um... Fuck, like, I don't know, like, some kind of, like, movie where there's, like, a home invasion, they tie you up, they kill your whole family, yeah. and then it's all set on revenge, you know? That's... I, he, he not being unfair to that guy because let's say he didn't have that personality before that uh, any traumatic experience is going to change your personality hmm. so let's say he wasn't he was more kinder but something like that happens where he gets wrong the way he gets wrong he all of a sudden experiences it as a traumatic point of view and he's okay. like yeah, now he's taking it now his personality has changed now he's switching into like predator mode so he went from survivalist to predator after that experience gotcha you know what I'm saying Kind of like uh, Jodie Foster and uh, what was it called? Um, with where she? Yeah, I know what you're talking about where her husband gets. Fucking, yeah, he he uh, gets it, killed. Was I that, think was that uh, Kevin Bacon? No, it wasn't Kevin Bacon. Oh no, Kevin Bacon's son is same premise but different movie. Kevin Bacon's son is the one who gets fucked up, and then Kevin Bacon's the one that decided to retire. But right. It was it was uh, Jodie Foster's. She had a uh, was it Terrence Howard? She had a black boyfriend. No, it wasn't him. It was uh, the Indian guy. They're like running through yes. Central Park or yeah, something. You're right. Yeah, you're And he I gets killed. Yeah. But you get what I'm I do know what trying you mean. to say. But yeah. she's, she, up in her whole life, she, was, uh, she played the regular mode. She became a victim. And some people, keep in mind, some people choose to stay the victim. And they'll be, and they'll help other victims get over shit like that. Right. And some people turn from victim to predator to victimizer. And then that's what her case was. Like, you know what? This is, you know, the Batman thing. My parents were murdered. I'm never going to let that happen to me or anybody else ever again. It's just something. I don't know where that comes from. You know, maybe. It just depends on the situation, you know. Like, something that kind of hits you in yeah. a way where where it's like, you know, because, you know, things happen where it's like, okay, it happened. It's not a big deal. It's not going to change me. But sometimes things happen where it just triggers something. Absolutely. Where it's like. That shit will never happen to me again. 100%. I know exactly what you're talking you know? about. 100%. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be that one thing that just, like, you know, like, you might not even realize it. You might not even realize it for years. Yeah. But you just know that it changed you. You might not understand why it changed you, but that it did. And yeah. you will never let that happen again. Yeah, absolutely. And tomorrow, she will never let that happen to anybody else again. It, that's when it gets to that scary part where, like, I need to take this guy out of this earth. Right. We're like, I'm just, a, dude, this, the world would be a better place. For oh, this guy. man. You know, that kind yeah. of thing, you know? I get you, man. Trust. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we, I mean, it's kind of the same conversation. You know, I want to say we skewed away from what we're talking about from the original Zodiac killer thing, but we kind of, it's kind of the same track. still, uh, you know, we're uh, still there. It's really there. Uh, like uh, the seven thing, really, even. Like the, what, that's why it's so dangerous about belief structures, you know, about what you really believe in. You know, willing to live for, willing to die for. Yeah, man. Stuff. People die, for, people kill for beliefs. Yeah, you know, exactly. you know, that kind of thing. But like for the most part, you know, the seventh thing we were talking about, like, man, I agree exactly what he's saying. He obviously went through an extreme way of trying to prove that, make that point. But he's not saying wrong shit. You know, no, like he's not saying. You know, he's, he was a sense in that movie. That's you know he's and so to speak. Every you know, every single victim, quote unquote, of him was someone who was. Doing something just, um, an ex- you know, they're living their life in an extreme negative way type of thing. Right. And he's kind of just using them. At, they're being the martyrs of their time, you know. And Well, it could be any time, 
Like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It could right. be any time. But uh, for this time, let's say. Oh, okay. But Brad Pitt is the guy who's like, oh, how do, he's almost trying. It's hard to feel for a guy. That's why I was talking about. Like, I hated the way they portrayed him in the character because they're making him, like, he's trying to feel sympathy for these victims. Even though, like, I don't feel sympathy for these victims. Like, you know Because I mean? even before, like, you would feel sympathy for him. Or why he would think the way that he thinks. Because you already know what, like, Kevin Spacey was after. Yes. And it's kind of like, you know, like... Oh, man. Uh, it's almost like going to the other side. And then, like, kind of coming back. Mm-hmm. Still giving credence to the other side. But yeah. still, like... Well, that was Morgan um, Freeman's character. That was Morgan Freeman's character where he was like, oh, he's talking about this. Well, like, listen, he never said he agrees with him. But he, right. he every he knew every single reference or verse that he made that was a clue, right? And okay. Now, now, keep in mind, like, let's look at it as from a book or a movie point of view. Every single, because he knew what he was talking about, that means at some, a little bit of point, if he can, if he knows what he's talking about, he can sympathize with what he's talking about. If he if he can sympathize with that one, he's like he can relate to it, and he and that's a, that's a little notch to like he might be right, or in his view, I get where he's coming from. That's all he's saying. Okay. okay. That's always uh, that's all. Uh, um. Uh. Um. Not Lawrence Fishburne. Um. Morgan Freeman's character is saying like, I get where he's coming from. That's an acknowledgement without saying it's acknowledging it because like oh you know he got this from this book so let's read that book so we can figure him out. And, he's, and if he knows where he's getting it from, that means he. He's like he's oh, okay. been there too. Like I acknowledge, you know, it's a, it's an it's almost an okay, almost. like a tip of the hat, like, exactly, I a you. tip of the hat, like a you know, yeah, exactly, a, a, a raise of the eyebrow type shit, like oh, you know, that kind of thing. I'm right there with you, buddy. I know what you mean. Right. You know, I I may not necessarily agree with how far you're taking this, but that's a clue. I'm taking that's a clue you're leaving me because I know what you mean, and I'm gonna explore it. Uh, just the way that the movie ends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, um, after, you know, uh, Brad Pitt, you know, shoots Kevin Spacey or whatever. And then the next thing, you know, they, it's a shot where uh, Brad Pitt's in the back of a police car. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of, they're just pretty Sad, much dead. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. He's dead, you know, so to speak. His wife and his unborn baby were just exactly. in front of him, yeah. He's gone, and then uh, it just kind of like pans over to uh, Morgan Freeman talking to like the chief or whoever. Yeah. And he's like, you know, give him a, give him a. Yeah, good. trying to like, hey, you know, feel for this guy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know. And then after that, you know, it's just like this whole big crime scene. It just kind of like pans away just randomly. And then uh, Morgan Freeman's character just kind of like chimes in. He says that uh, Ernest Hemingway has this quote that says, "The world is a fine place and worth dying for." I agree with the second part. Then it just cuts off. That's a great fucking quote. It like it sticks out to me like ever since like the first time that I saw this movie like the way that it ended even though like maybe back then I didn't appreciate movies the way that I do now yeah. I just knew that that stuck out to me. I, there's definitely for me uh, seeing a movie before and then after you know what I'm talking about right and um that's that's amazing that's a it, good one you man. definitely have to look at something in a different point of view. Uh, between that, uh, but you, you know what's crazy to me, like how more that's Morgan Freeman's point of view. Absolutely, right? Like, oh, I agree with the second part. It's worth dying for, even though it's a piece of shit. Right? Exactly. It's what, it's what exactly. We got. 
But to, let's let you dive deeper and deeper into Ernest Hemingway's path, and he's probably Ernest Hemingway's probably been through more shit than these guys put together. Oh man, that guy's fucked up, man. You know, and not even in a bad way. I mean, but he's been through. He volunteered. He's been through war a few times. He's gone. You know, he's gone through a, a mirage of women. He's gotten heartbroken. He's got his heart drenched. Party. He's been shot at. He's a. a, 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 a I don't know if you knew this, but he's a Purple Heart. Purple Heart. Oh, recipient. is it really? And I, if you know what that means, that means he's been injured in battle. And that's what that means. So he's someone who's coming from a point of view where it's uh, where very combat oriented. You know, where he it's not this, you know someone who's looking through battlefield through behind the scenes type of guy. Right. He's there in the front. He's been there through the front lines, and he was a medic for a long time too. So he's taking care of people. You know what I'm saying? So for him to still have that outlook where the world is still a good place and worth fighting for. Maybe that's what he had to look at the world for him to deal with shit, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to someone like Morgan Freeman's character. Hey, he's been through there and where, back, so he could be subjective. About yeah, exactly. It. Well, as opposed to Morgan Freeman's character, who's more like, uh, uh, he's not there in the trenches. Oh, no, he is, but he's not as far as a him being involved, uh, being a victim. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because for the most part, Morgan Freeman's character is not a victim. He's an outsider trying to solve other people's problems. And it, and in Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway being a character in this hmm. movie, he's someone who's been a victim, and as an outsider, so he has both point of views. Maybe that's why he's has that quote where he's saying the worth he can ha- see it from both point of views. Right. And he's still saying the you know we have the, the world, world is a fine place yes. and worth worth you know, fighting, fighting for. for. I agree with the second part exactly because Morgan Freeman's never been a victim of it. Brad Pitt now has. Brad Pitt maybe have a different point of view because he's now been a victim of it and has that outsider views, you know? Huh. Because the entire movie is set upon Morgan Freeman. He's three days away from retirement. You know, that cliche. Right, right, right. right that right. cliche where he's like, he's living his life. And he said, he has a conversation with Grant Paltrow in the diner where like, I'm moving away from this city, you know. The, you know, the city is tough and it's horrible and it's Sodom and Gomorrah type shit, right? And he's saying like, the entire time like, this, but he's he's saying this to her from an outsider point of view because he's never been victimized. He's always been the someone who's had to clean up the mess of everybody else, you know. Huh. It, it, I mean, it's just a different way to look at it, an interesting way to look at it. The way I look at his character. But uh, in that scene, mm-hmm. you know, um, where he's talking about. No, oh, I'm sorry. She asks him. No, well, she doesn't ask him. She tells him. It's like. Like oh him and I we're gonna have a baby. Yeah, I love that part. I know and where you're going with this. I love you know that part. you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So at that point, that's where it shifts, like for him, because you know, mm. you know, like you know, you're right. You know, where he's kind of like, kind of like, I, maybe the voice of reason. Yeah. So to but, speak. But, and he can't be the voice of reason because he's an outsider. Right. So he, he can be like objective yeah. about it. So exactly. it's like oh you should do this or you shouldn't uh-huh. do that exactly, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But at that point in that movie. That's when it changed. That's when he was like, "Oh, I really don't think I'm the person to talk to about yeah, this." I remember that. But you know, um, but um, what did he say as advice at the end of that? No, no. Right? Even before the end, he yeah. tells the story. You know, like where you know he, um, where uh, he had a girl and she was pregnant. Yeah. And then that he wore her down. So eventually, he convinced her to have an abortion. Yes. Because he didn't want to raise a kid in a world like that. Exactly. Yes. Because that 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 was his weakness. In there's that something. Movie, say, there's something to that, by the way. You know, uh, as far as like, 
I mean, we're talking about the movie Seven, but we're now we're also talking about Pro Choice. And, we're talking about everything because yeah, that's what that movie. Talked about. And there's something to say about that not wanting to raise a child into into a world where you feel it's wicked. You know, like, or you until you don't want to bring a world into a child into the world of suffering. And there's something to say that you know, um, like I said, however you feel about where you think life starts. Whether you think it's if you're if you're a dumbass and you think life starts at conception, you know that, that's on you. Oh yeah. Now, as opposed to the other in the more scientific, the, logical sense, where you know after the whatever first trimester, you know that kind yeah. of thing. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, um, there's something to that, and I kind of agree with him on this part, where like you don't want to bring a child into a world where you're not going to be able to provide for it as best as you can. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. No, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go back to you know, like, get away from this political topic. <laughs> let's go back to what we were saying about. Um... Oh no, you know, because he said, you know, um, uh, after you know she brings it up, and like to me, like I saw that shift where it's like, oh, I'm really not the person you know to talk to about this. And he tells you that story, yeah. and then you know it's like, oh yeah, you know, I had a girl once. I think it says he was married once. I think so, yeah. You know, and they were gonna have a kid, and. Um, he and just like the whole scene, man. Just like mm-hmm. the way he portrayed it, like it's almost like I, I wasn't even watching a movie. Almost like I was just like in some watching conversation, a conversation like, between two people you shouldn't be watching. Yeah, you know, like you know, whatever it was. Uh, he said that uh, you know the morning that he found out about it, you know, like that he wore her down and pretty much just convinced her not to have the child. Yeah. So he tells her like if. Um, you know, if you choose to pretty much terminate the yeah. child, don't you ever, don't tell, you ever tell David that yeah. you were pregnant. But if you choose to have the child, you better spoil that child yeah. every chance you get. And I remember, like, in the middle of him saying that, you better spoil that child, yeah. she just breaks down. And it was just like, man, such an intense scene, you it's, know. It's, you know, I remember seeing that. Obviously, the movie came out, and I love that movie. One of my favorite movies. Oh, absolutely, man. And it, That's it, a it, part of it is mostly because I agree with Kevin Spacey. But I remember watching that movie, that scene specifically, where Timmy, because it's such an emotional, powerful scene. I remember seeing that movie before I was a dad, and then after. And huh. and I was like, yeah, man, he's right. I remember after I was a parent for a few years. When I, I, I recently saw the movie, maybe about three years ago. That's not recent, but I saw that movie. It's recent enough. I get you. I saw that movie again where I looked at that scene again, and I disagreed with everything he was saying. And to a point where, like, I remember thinking, like, yeah, he's absolutely fucking right. You know, that kind of thing. And I remember watching the movie as a parent and disagreeing. Like, he's completely wrong in everything. And and it made me look hmm. at the movie completely different because he's he hasn't been a parent at all in this entire movie. And he has no idea what he's talking about. And it, it, it just completely changed the character that he was playing for me. He's in the in the movie, he's playing the character of knows he knows what's going on. Right. And it changed that point of view where, like, he doesn't know everything at all. You know what I mean? Like he only knows a certain amount of things. He's playing the smart guy. He's playing the smart, the smart, but but he doesn't necessarily mean he's the wise guy. You know what I mean? Because it's not wisdom. There's a difference between knowledge and Absolutely. wisdom. Absolutely, yeah. And that comes with experiences. Exactly. Wisdom. Gotcha. And I was like, he's inexperienced. And it made me look at the movie at a completely different point of view because he's wrong. Well, I mean, I I, I feel no, I get you. But I felt like he was wrong. Like uh, number one about the never telling him. And um, you know whether you decide to, because it is her choice, right? Let's let's go to the back. It's kind of political, but 
It is her choice if she wants to keep the baby or not. Of course. And then the never telling apart absolutely will have a dynamic effect on the relationship. So let's say she chooses to terminate him and he never tells her, that's going to be a way at her. And if it does come out, it's going to ruin the entire relationship. And even if it doesn't, let's say if it doesn't come out, it's still, she's living with something that she knows that he doesn't, that affects both of them. So the dynamic is already different. Hmm. And it's kind of something like, he needs to know this. If you want to continue in a relationship, honestly, he needs to know this part. And if you choose never to tell him, um, that's unf- that's gonna it's already skewed, and it's gonna come back to haunt you later in life. I didn't I didn't think about that. So like I said, after I was married and after I had a kid, right. the second part about the spoiling the kid like that's completely wrong. You do not want to spoil that kid every chance you get. Like that's just an obvious. You know that's for me that it's was, like a maybe like a very naive outsider perspective about naive it. outsider view because hmm. you do yeah this world is fucked up. But if you go to the point where like hey this world is bad enough. So let's spoil this fucking kid as much as you can. That kind of thing is the the statement. That whole conversation changed my view completely. You know, hmm. like oh, he has no idea what he's talking about. To, from this guy who like he's the voice of reason in this entire film. He's the guy who knows what's going on. Brad Pitt's a naive guy, and he's the one at least you know you could count on you know, and it completely changed the point. Huh. You're like no, he didn't. As far as that conversation goes, right, right, which right. was just one of the most powerful conversations in the movie, definitely, definitely, it changed my whole view. It was like, oh shit, man, he's a dumbass about this part, you know, like because he's he's not dumb, but he's ignorant because he has because he has no, he doesn't have the experience to value off of exactly him because he made his girl have the abortion, which is probably the right choice. The best, you know, I related to I gave a girl I shouldn't be giving anybody advice on this because I hate the fact that now it's almost relied on me. But a girl asked me at the time, keep in mind, uh, like when uh, Jackie was pregnant. And this is a girl I was working with, and she was in this dilemma. And I want to say right now, she has, her son is awesome. And she has a baby. She ended up having it, but she asked me about it. Like, damn, talk about fucking pressure. But she asked me what the right thing should <laughs> for me to do, for, for, for me to give her advice on what to do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, oh Jesus Christ, talking about pressure. Cheese and rice. You know, that kind of thing. I was like, uh, but this is the only advice I can tell. I can't tell her, like, keep the baby or don't keep the baby. No way I would ever be audacious enough to say that. But the only thing I said to her that I, the best way I could do were this responsibility wasn't on me, and it wasn't on her necessarily, but, like, for her to make a decision. Because she... Keep in mind, we're working together, and this is I'm the only parent she knows out of all of us. And mm-hmm. I'm what, like 22, 23 at that time. That kind of thing, you know, nobody else is young around us, so she couldn't really turn to anybody. She didn't know what to do. And I told her, like, look, if you um, if you decide to get rid of the baby, or the fetus, let's say, let's call it what it is. It's a fetus. Terminate the fetus, yeah. If you decide to terminate it, it's absolutely the right decision. It's absolutely the right decision to do logically, right? Uh, you know, you can't, you know, right now you're still going to school, that kind of thing. Logically, it's absolutely the right decision. However, if you decide to keep it, you'll never regret it ever in your life. Hmm. So this is one of those things that even if you make the wrong decision, it's, you'll never have a regret about that decision you made in your life. That's the only time you can ever have, a, only fucking time you can ever make a decision where it's wrong and you'll never regret it. Hmm. And that's the best advice I could give her. Now, the rest is up to you, whatever you want to do. And I went away, and that's it. And she's like, okay, you know, like, okay, thank you, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, like I said, she tried to keep it. And by all means, you know, she's a great mom now. I see, you know, I still talk to her on Instagram or whatever. 
and just doing her thing. But it's kind of that that point where, in comparison to where I saw a whole different point of view from how I was as a kid to how I was after afterwards, and it's just it's, it's so weird to me oh. how like you can think about shit like that, like. You, I, I was set in my ways at at one point, you know, like, oh no, yeah, you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that, and then you just go through an experience, and it's like, oh shit, man, I was completely wrong about everything, you know. <laughs> so interesting. There, there's always those pit stops, you know, uh-huh. where you think you've reached like a point in your life where something like kind of like catches you off guard. I was like, oh shit, like man, you know, I was like, I was probably like a fucking idiot to all these people like for this whole yeah, time up until I, I got to that like point, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like, you think you get to that point, and you live your life however you live your life. You get to another point, and it's like, oh, man, it's the same thing. Like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't anybody tell me anything right. about this? You know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes. And, and then, then, I bet our, our parents are looking at us like, I've been fucking telling you. <laughs> you I wouldn't even ask. Yeah. I really wouldn't Yeah, I know. No, I get you. You know, but uh, there, there's always, you know, it's this uh, progression in life, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, you never, ever get to, a, like, a point where it's like, okay, now I get it. I know why this is this and that's that. Like, you might get to a point where it's seemingly that way, where it's like, you get this or you get that at that point. But your life doesn't stop at that point. Yeah. You keep going. Absolutely. And then you get to another point where it's like, oh, shit. That, you know, like, it's just kind of like a, oh, man, you know, it's a, just... Like, uh, uh, it's kind of like uh, learning as you learn. I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense. You know, it does, you, yeah. learning as you go, yeah. You know, where it's like you get to a certain point where you reach like a climax where it's like, okay, like you can like stop where you're at and look back. It's like, okay, now, you know, looking back after I experienced it, you know, I didn't see, you know, like the whole, you know, perspective Picture, or the yeah. view, you know. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, you're right there in it. But just, like, I'm almost like climbing a mountain. Yeah. You kind of, like, look back, you know, to wherever it is that you've been. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I get that, you know. Yeah. I was just being dumb. All the information you get at the foot of the mountain, you're like, oh, Pretty well, much, why man. Why would you, like, yeah. yeah. You, just, you never stop learning. You don't. Never, nothing ever. Well, some people do, but that's what's sad. It, but if you have that mentality. Because they limit themselves, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. If you have the mentality where you always want to keep betting yourself or keep, you know, open-minded. Uh, either one of the two, you're always gonna, you're you're gonna be okay. Whereas like because you're always gonna improve yourself on what you were, right? You know because because if you get to the point where like I'm good, you know I've learned as much as I need to know. Uh, you know what? I don't need to learn anything else. Fuck them. Fuck everything else. Like you're, I feel sorry for anybody you're around that you have an influence <laughs> over. You know because you're 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 limiting them to like what your position in life is. You know. No, I get you. Uh, we were going actually a lot longer than I thought we were, so so I think we got to cut it off for a little bit. But um, I, dude, I had a uh, fascinating conversation. That was a good one, man. Yeah, that was definitely a good one. Um, anything else you want to say? Anything where we bounce off? Uh, just uh, Tupac, man. R.I.P. This is hard to segment. Next episode, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll brush up on it, but just this, today is the day he died. Just so you know, that's when we're recording. So that's why this song is playing in the background. Uh, damn, I wanted to go another one, but we got you know, I got you know, 
Like, yeah, man. This is a good one. This is a good meatball. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> uh, um, we'll pick up on this subject again later. Next time. Like, yeah, absolutely. But, love, thank you. Thank you for the conversation, man. Uh, I absolutely. Love this. I, I love what we're doing. This is, this is absolutely awesome. So, um, uh, anybody at home, please, uh, if you want to continue following our antics, whatever, you can follow me on Instagram at Steve Medell 1775 or on Facebook under my name, Steve Medell. Hello? Um, let's see, Facebook, it's uh, Luis Medell, but it's backwards. I don't have the capacity to like explain it to you right now. Um, I have a Twitter. Uh, we have a Snooze and Booze Twitter, actually. Oh, cool. I don't remember the handle, but just uh, Snooze and Booze. We'll figure it out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um... So we got to do an Instagram. I think that's like our we'll work on no you know, We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but for the most part, that's it. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. I uh, hope you guys continue. Uh, I'm Steve Mandel, and this I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Loaf, and uh, keep the last one.